so many things that I'm excited about with what God is doing in the Pulse Church. And one of those things is, let me share with you a little bit about what God is doing. And I talked to Kara Williams today on the way up to church. They're having trouble with their transmission in their car, so you pray for that uh, when they take it tomorrow to the shop, uh, that uh, they get it fixed uh, in a timely manner with uh, no expense or very little expense for them. But yesterday, they attended, a few, a few months ago, Christy and I, I guess it was still, still cold, uh, we went to Summersville for a meeting, uh, and uh, it was just a really a good meeting uh, from a church over there, and I don't remember all the details, but Kara and Ricky wanted, uh, wanted us to see what they were doing over there on Friday nights uh, for people that are suffering from addiction and different struggles. And so we went over, we had a meal with them, and then we were able to, uh, to, to stay for their, their lesson. Just such transparency within their, their lives. It was just so amazing just sitting there listening to, listening to the stories of people that have come out of addiction and, and where people are going in their life. And it was just really exciting. It, they would share things that probably us, us uh, that we'd probably never share with anybody. It was just very transparent. And so Kara and I were talking, uh, uh, coming up the road today about the, the training because what we will begin doing probably in the month of June is we will be um, offering a Friday night group uh, for people to come and to be a part of something. And let me just read you some things that, that uh, Kara and I talked about. We have the Damascus house that is down the road, but this is called The Road to Damascus, A Journey to Freedom. And this will meet on Friday nights here at the Pulse. There'll be a meal, and then there'll be a, a book that they will work through, and Ricky and Kara will lead this particular study. So please be, be sure to pray for them and pray that God uh, will help them. And she, she told me today, she said, I just want the anointing of God on me when I teach. And, and so here are some of the things that, that we discussed on the phone today. It's to help reach out to people facing life-controlling challenges, hurts, and everyday obstacles of their life. Dealing with drugs, alcohol, sexual addiction. But not only for the people that are struggling in those areas, but also a support group for the family. I think that's very important that we need a support group for the family and, and because how are the families that are dealing through these struggles and through these heartaches because you know if somebody's on drugs, the family, uh, the family struggles as well. Uh, so the question is, and this is what we're asking people, are you hurting? Uh, th does your life feel pointless? Uh, are you wanting a, a normal life and having an, uh, a normal family and job and a, and a church? Uh, and, and so we hope that the Damascus, uh, the, the Damascus Road, a journey to freedom, will help that bridge, will help uh, put the bridge together to be able to help people from uh, being able, to, where they've struggled from addiction, to be able to, to go into um, the place of freedom. And so can we just lift this ministry up uh, on what God wants? And then that will lead us to the next ministry of being able to have the Damascus House to where we can have people to live in the wing of the church over here to where they can be able to, to be free uh, and coming through the, the phase three of drug rehab and to be able to help them to implement back into society. So let's, uh, let's stand if we could and let's just pray over the, the Damascus, uh, uh, the road to Damascus, which will be on Fridays. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for the road to Damascus. Father, Lord, a journey to freedom. Father, for people that are struggling with life-controlled challenges, hurts, and everyday obstacles in their life, we pray in the name of Jesus, Father Lord, that this ministry that we believe that you uh, have set apart for the Pulse Church, Father Lord, uh, Father, will flourish to where people will be helped, people will be ministered to, people will be freed because of what you're going to do with Ricky and Kara Williams, Father. We pray an anointing upon them. We pray, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, as they went through that training yesterday, Father Lord, that new ideas, um, a fresh anointing would flow, uh, Father Lord, through them, even right now, 
Father Lord, that the material that they pick out, Father Lord, will be the right material that will help the people. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that the gates of hell will not prevail against this ministry. And we apply the blood and we plead the blood of Jesus over it, Father Lord, to know, to know that people will be helped. We pray that you draw them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west, Father Lord, on Fridays. We pray, Father Lord, for the area churches, Father Lord, to get on board and to be involved. And we glorify you and we praise you, Lord, because it is in the name of Jesus and our church said, Amen. Hallelujah. We are really excited about what God is going to do uh, within the, uh, the Damascus uh, road to a, a journey to freedom. The title of the message today is called No Reach. You may be seated. No Reach. If you look on the screen, there's your, there's your prop right there, No Reach. And, and we talk a lot about outreach within the church, but then a lot of churches are, are just inward focused and not outward focused. And we, we have to, to be able to define what outreach means. It means to reach further than before. It, it means to reach out further before. And, and one thing I've learned about this road up and down here, it is busy. It is busy. And there are people walking up and down this road all week. And there's people driving up and down this road all week. And to be able to share Jesus and to be a light for the community. Over in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 it says, So we shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And that you shall be witnesses, key word there, witnesses uh, unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. And we are in this earth to be able to win souls and to help them. But the key word in this scripture for today is witnesses. Are we that witness that we need to be? And we need to, um, we need to, to examine our hearts. There was a, um, a person told me not long ago, they said that um, um, this person said, uh, and I don't want to give any names, but this person uh, said that he told people in, uh, where he worked that he was a Christian. And, and a person laughed at him and said, oh, come on, you're joking. So, so the question is, is what kind of a, a witness are we uh, within our communities and, and within our lives today? Uh, the pulse needs to match the needs of our community. And this is what, I, this is what we have to <coughs> figure out what God wants us to do through this process. Is the pulse needs to match the needs of our community. We need to meet the physical needs so that we can meet the, the, the spiritual need. Are you with me? We have to meet that, that physical need first, and then the spiritual need will be met. You can tell somebody all day who is hungry, I'm talking about physically hungry, that Jesus is going to take care of their need. But will they really listen until their belly's full? And we need to help people. We need to help people and lead them and guide them and, and lead them in the, in the way of righteousness. Now, uh, this is for us. You can't reach for anything new if your hands are still full of yesterday's junk are you with me you, you can't reach for anything new if you're still uh, still full of yesterday's junk and and, and see the pulse church it is, is to be a church that beats to the heart of God. And, and that goes back to our mission statement within the body of Christ, that, that we are representing him in our communities. We are representing him inside of the four walls. It's kind of like a, a pep talk today. And, and then when we go out of the four walls, then we can absolutely win souls for Jesus. You know, whether it's through uh, the Damascus Road, whether it's through the Damascus House, well, See, there, there is a need. I asked a person this past week, they said, um, I asked this person, I said, so, I said, what is the demographics of your church? And they said, well, mostly older people. And I said, who are you trying to reach? They said, everybody. See, you've got to be careful with that because we say that we want to reach everybody, but, but we have to, and I haven't figured this out yet, but we have to figure out our niche. We have to figure out what God is calling us to. Is God calling us to people that are struggling? Because it, it seems like none of the churches want the ones that struggle. It's like everybody wants the ones that, uh, you know, have, uh, uh, you know, big salaries so that they can tithe and bring it in. But, but you know, it's like we, we who's going to reach the ones that nobody else wants. Who's going to reach those people? 
And, and, and I, I told you when we started down this journey of the Damascus house and this kind of thing, this, this may get ugly. It, it may get ugly. It, it may be the fact is that our church service on Sunday morning is the smallest part of the pulse ministry. It, it may be the littlest part of the, of the pulse ministry, knowing what God can do and what God wants to do within our community. If we can learn to take his heart to the community, then we can reach their souls to Christ. We have to learn that. We have to learn that. We have to figure that out. We have to let people know, we have to let people know that, that Jesus loves them, but not only that, that our church loves them. There is a, there's a business, and I want, I want to promote this business uh, today to you all um, because uh, Belknap Pizza, have you seen it down at Kroger? Anybody had Belknap's Pizza? Um, it will make your tongue slap your brains out. Very good. And, and um, I just want to share something with you about, about their, their, their heart. Um, when the Easter egg hunt was in Winfield, on a Saturday, pouring the rain, cold, they drove down to the Winfield campus on that Saturday, and they sold pizza for a dollar. They drove from there, for, from wherever they are, to Winfield and, and pizza for a dollar. Now, not only do they, do they, are they here during the week up here, but they're also in Scott Depot a couple days a week down at the, um, the Save-A-Lot parking lot is where they are, which is real close. If you know where we live, it's very close to where we live. What I'm hoping to do is that on certain times of the month or, or just one time uh, and, and then not do it anymore or, or do it whenever, is to be able to offset the expense of the pizza a slice of pizza, stop by Belknap's Pizza in the Kroger parking lot and have a free pizza, a free piece of pizza on the pulse. The first hundred people. I also hope that we'll be able to, and I've said this for years, but we've never done it, but we've got to get to, to doing this. There are so many parents outside of of uh, waiting on their children at, uh, after school. There are so many parents, and I'm hoping that what we can do this summer, or not summer, but when school starts back out, back in, uh, you know, before it gets cold, is that we can, you know, three or four of us, we're taking soft drinks out. We got a Pulse shirt on. We have soft drinks and, and chips, and we just bless them. See, people drive up and down this road, and they don't even know we're here. You know, it's one thing for us to do gas away days and the parade and Christmas and different things, which is wonderful, you know, when we do those things and to sing on the stage. And, and, and those things are great because it's good PR for us. It, it puts, us, puts us out there and we're out there in the community and the cool zone that we always do. And it, it's an extreme success. But, but here's the thing. It, it, unless we are out in the community and, and get the heartbeat of the community, we've got to be there. And I think we're willing, I just, we, we just need to figure out what God wants in that. And that's what he's showing me through, through this message is uh, you can have outreach or no reach. I think about um, how many people that we have within our church that are in their 20s and, and, and what we can do within the, that group of, of people that are in their 20s. Oh, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I think about wishing that I could be back in my 20s. I, I didn't say all the time, just some of the time. You know, to be in my 20s again to where you have that energy level to be able to... And I started in ministry in my 20s and it was like, you know, there's so many opportunities that we have. We just have to be, be community-based to be able to win people. A great man shows his greatness by the way that he treats little men. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, King James Version, it says, But made himself, 
Now think of this. This is what Jesus did. Took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. I think about these things. I don't, I don't know if you think about these things like I think about these things. But, but Jesus, being all-knowing, left, left heaven, was conceived of the Holy Ghost in Mary's womb. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but go down this rabbit trail with me if you could for just a moment. Okay, so <clears throat> conception, that's when life starts at conception. All right, he was conceived of the Holy Ghost. Life starts with inside of Mary. Jesus is in her belly. When Jesus was born, and I think about this, did he have to grow and learn? the things that he knew before? Did he have to learn to walk or did he just come out and say, here I am? Did you ever think the first time that he dirtied his diaper that he said, really God? Really? I really have to go through this and I have to do this. I'm the son of God and I have to do this? Really? Did, do you think he said that? Did he, did, do you think that he said, do you think that he even knew? Or was he a baby? Like, you know, I look at, at our granddaughter and, 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 you know, she smiles real big, but does she really know what she's smiling about? And she's developing. But, but did, did Jesus have to do that through, through the process of, of being born and up into the, the years of ministry when he was released to, to do those things? I, I believe he did. And I can't explain it. How do you go from being the king of kings and then, boom, conceived of the Holy Ghost and in the womb for nine months and then to be born and then had to learn? But aren't we all in the learning process? But the key thing is, of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7, he said, he took upon and took upon him a form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now let me explain something to you today. When you are a king, when you are the prince, uh, uh, the, the prince when, you are the, when you are the king, uh, King Jesus, and, and to have to humble yourself, to humble yourself down to be able to be a servant, is that not like a sermon within itself? To be a servant. And Jesus did that. He became a servant. We can never say, church, that this is too good for me, or that's too good for me, or you can't do that, or that's not my job. There was a story of of the state road workers that were out planting trees. And one of them would dig a hole, and the supervisor had come out from out of town to evaluate what they did. And the supervisor came out and watched these guys all day. One dug a hole, and the other covered it up. One guy dug a hole, and the other guy covered it up. The next place they went, guy dug a hole, and he covered it up they have lunch and they go back to work and he digs a hole and he covers it up and they, all, they, all day this went on and so the, when they got back the supervisor was, was doing his final paperwork and he goes to these guys and he said I don't understand he said one of you you dig a hole and, and the other covers it up and one of the guys said to the other he said well he said the guy that plants the tree is out sick today And the thing that we have to understand in being a servant for Jesus and being a servant for, for Christ, there, there's no Hollywood in that. 
There's no glamour in, in driving around and, 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 and being somebody that you're not. We have to, we have to humble ourselves. We have to be able to, to, to talk to people. We have to be able to go to places where you normally wouldn't go to be able to be able to minister to people because if there is no reach, then there is no vision. In the New Living Translation of Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. Think of that. He gave up his divine privileges. I love that. And he took a humble position as a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. We have divine privileges. Understand that. We, we know who we are in Christ. If, if you need to know who you are in Christ, you, you, know, you just read the word. He will tell you who you are. But one thing we have to do is we have to be able to humble ourselves and become servants and be witnesses because that's the only way that we can win people. What we do is have to begin to work together to do outreach that will bring him into the kingdom of God. Now, several weeks ago, we, we had a, a time of, 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 of learning throughout on, on Sunday, Sunday morning that particular week. And, and I preached to you, and we actually we got scripting out, and we talked about being able to share our faith. And, and what I want to find out is, how is that working? How is that working? Are, are we sharing our faith to people? Are we, is, there a, is there a person... That, that you know, that you feel that, that God has put on your heart to be able to share Jesus with them and, and to share their, your faith with them. And, and so I go back to that because we, we need to continue to work on that process of saying, okay, how is that working? Are we able to share Jesus? Because, understand something, there's just a few of us here today, but we can win souls this week Bring them in next week, then that person wins a soul and brings them in. I, 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 don't know, I don't know what philosophy that you were raised on. I don't know if you thought it was the preacher's job to bring them in. Uh, uh, what do you think? Do you think people are just going to show up here? Obviously, it's not working now. A lady told me in a car the other day. I shared my faith. And she said, we go to River Ridge Church down in uh, Hurricane. And, and I said, you do? And, and she said, yeah. She said, she said, our friends invited us and we went and we, we go back every week. And I said, what did you say? And she said, my, my friends invited us. I said, really? And I, and I asked the question, I said, did they share their faith with you? And, and, and then the conversation, she said, oh, yeah, yeah. She said, that, that's how it works. She said, we, we, we shared our faith. They shared their faith with us. And then, and, then, and then the topic of church came up. See, I believe that works, but we have to share our faith. And, and, and see, what we have to do, and I can't, I can't make anybody, but here's the thing. Do we truly have a compassion for the friends that we have that are going to hell? Do we really? I think that if we really knew, if you knew the day that you were going to die, would you change things? You would. You would. If you knew that you only had a few weeks to live or a day or two to live, would you? Would you do things different? If you knew the rapture of the church was going to take care, uh, was going to happen at the end of the week, let me, let me ask you something. Would you be on the phone? Would you be knocking on doors? Would you be screaming and begging people to, to, to get saved and, to, and to, 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 to give their life over to Christ so that they don't go to hell? And, and would you? Yes, we would. But how do we know? That Jesus isn't coming on Friday. How do we know that Jesus isn't coming tomorrow? How do we know that Jesus is not coming on Wednesday or Thursday uh, or, or Friday? I mean, how do we know that he's not? But what are we doing to change people's lives within our 
world today. I can only share people, you know, share to the people that I come in touch with. And I can refer them. You know where I invite them? I invite them to Gasaway. If they live down towards Winfield and down towards that area, I invite them to Winfield. But I invite them to say, well, why in the world would you be inviting people from, from Charleston to, to drive to Gasaway for for, to church? Why not? I drove it six days a week for two years. Barb does it every day, six to five days a week. She drives it five days a week. A lot of people drive back and forth. It's, it's not that far. Oh, well, that's too far. We can't invite people from, from there to come up here. Well, you know, Pastor Wright always said a church alive is worth the drive. And the thing about it is I want to be where God's at. You say, well, preacher, you tell us not to invite people, and then you tell us to, what I'm saying, share your faith with people. That is part of the outreach. That is part of, if we have no reach, which, which I believe that that's where we're at. I don't think we have any reach. And we've got to fix that. And, and, and through God's help, he's going to help us to be able to do that. And, and look, you know, this is not the John Fowler show. We've got to have ideas from you and, and from me and from all of us being able to work together. You know, we can, we can reach people that are on drugs and going through problems here. But, but what about some of the people that, you know, walk up and down the street? You know, what do we need to do? We just need to love them and show them that Jesus cares about them. The other day, we rehearsed on, Wednesday, on Tuesdays. This was two weeks ago. I was standing out front talking to Andy and Megan. And this was before the bicycle giveaway. And Megan was talking to me, and, and there was a lady went by, and she had two children. I'd never seen her before. And I, I said, hold on a second, Megan. And I stopped, and I turned around, and I said, I said, hello. I said, how are you? And she said, good. And I said, I'm Pastor John from the Pulse here. Oh, okay. And I said, uh, looked at that little, little man, and his bike was really small. And I said, and he was bigger than his bike, but his sister could have rode it. And, and I said, how's that bike working out for you? And he said, well, it's a little small. And, and I said, well, I said, we're giving away four bicycles on Sunday. Really? And I invited him. Share my faith and be able to let them know that Jesus loves them. That's what, that's what, it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. So, so here's the question. Is how many, does anybody here not have a friend? Not have a friend at all? Come with us. Share your faith with them. Invite them. The inviting part, like we've said many times before, if you share your faith and tie that in, that's the best way to do it. I can't make you do it, but I will tell you this. If you don't do it, you're sitting at your crowd right here. In five years from now, it'll be just like it. Ten years from now. Look, you've got to understand something. I've been doing this 30 years. 30 years. No walker, nothing. And I'm thinking... All I can preach to you is what I know. This works. It works. Somebody, somebody accused me one time. They said, you, we're leaving your church because you think too big. Well, I come from big church. Barb came from big church. A lot of us came from big church. Well, we want to be simple. We want to be a simple congregation to where everybody knows anybody. Look, this is, this is not rocket science. And what you have to understand is this. It's about souls coming into the kingdom of God is what it's about. But if we're not sharing our faith... If we're so involved in our own lives, how are we going to be able to win other people to Jesus? Churches, understand something, and, and I know this. You can hold a gun to my head right now, unless and Sandy come from big church. I, did you come from big church? But still, big church, can you could get lost in the middle of big church. But, you know, the thing about it is, you learn from the big churches. 
But you could hold a gun to my head and said, you denounce that right now, and, 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 or I'm going to pull the trigger. I'd have to, you'd have to pull the trigger because I know it works. I know it works. I've been in, I, I worked in a startup church one time. Uh, and, and I played on the praise team. It's that same church, River Ridge. And then I went to pastor a church, and it, and it grew. And, 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 you know, we had 60 kids. And, I mean, it's just awesome what, what God was doing. How do you think that thing grew? It wasn't my preaching. It wasn't my teaching. How it grew was people invited other people because they were excited about what God was doing. If you're embarrassed about this church, then it, it, you don't have to invite anybody. But I'm not embarrassed by this church. When you have a praise team, honey, that can sing like ours, but you know, I can only promote it so much. Our marketing team can only promote it so much. I can only put it out there on Facebook so much. And, and we get hundreds of people that watch it. But until... You figure out how you're going to do it. Sharing Jesus with people. Sharing your testimony. Sharing your faith with people. Just like when we, Christy and I were in Daytona. And, 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 and this girl you know, that's trying to sell us this, this, uh, this thing. And I go up to her and, and, and I say, you know, can I share my faith with you? And she said, yes. And she had a little smile. And I said, I was saved when I was 11 years old. And she said, I was nine. It just led from one thing into another. And we had wonderful fellowship. People are not going to, every now and then you may find somebody that's going to blow you off. But, but what people are, they're hungry for something. Andrew Womack said, we, we listen to preaching when we sleep. You say, well, that's crazy. How do you do that? Your spirit doesn't sleep. And, and so we, we are constantly feeding the word into Christy and me when we're sleeping and, and, and we're listening to, to preaching. And, and one thing that Andrew Womack said last night, and I heard this before I fell off to sleep, is that what we have to understand is that we may be the Jesus that nobody else will ever see. We represent him. It goes back to the scripture that I read to you at the very beginning. Acts 1 verse 8. But we shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses upon both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria. And then the other most parts of the earth. That we shall be witnesses. Which tells you that we have to have the Holy Ghost to come upon us so that we can be the witness that Jesus wants us to be. Now, here's the thing. You can walk out of here and say, nice sermon preacher, and, and go to eat, and, and never think twice about this. But let me tell you something. This stuff eats at me. It eats at me. It's like, how are we going to win the souls for Jesus Christ in a town of Gassaway? Where there's 10,000 unchurched people. It's not like they're not here. I'm praying the Lord does it again. Do it again, Lord. Draw them in. Draw them in, Lord. Draw them into the kingdom of God. What I would like for you to do is if you have a particular person that you have, you've already scheduled it on your, on your week, this week, to be able to, to, to share Jesus with somebody. I had lunch this past week at the Waffle Hut with three very influential men in, in this town. From all walks of life, and was able to just be a witness. Just to be able to be a witness, to share Jesus. You don't have to beat people over the head with it. 
but to share Jesus. Father, we just need your help today. We don't want to be a church with no reach, but we want to be a church of outreach. Being able to share our faith. Being able to minister to people. Father, we pray for the Damascus Road. Father, Lord, that it will be just another tool, an example of winning people to Jesus. God, we just pray that you will give people the desire to share their faith and to bring people into the kingdom of God. Not to the Paul's church, but into the kingdom of God. I pray for revival to start in homes. I pray for revival to start in the workplace. Pray in the name of Jesus for people to be an example of you. And we give you thanks and we give you praise and we give you honor. In Jesus' name. Are you thinking about somebody this week that you, you plan to go see? You plan to see them walking down the street or, or, or going to, to, to see them to, to share Jesus? Or are you just trusting in in the Lord, that he's going to, to give you an opportunity to, to share. I went to Kroger one day, and this was in Cross Lanes, and, and this has been years ago, and, and, a, and a lady, the Lord spoke to me to, to share Jesus with a, a woman, and, and so I, I was walking by, I'll never forget where she was, and, and, and I just went up to her, and I said, I said, ma'am, I said, I'm Pastor John Fowler, and I don't think I was, I think I was at Tyler Heights at the time, and, and I said, let me ask you something. I said, is there something that I can pray with you about? And she hung her head and she said, my brother just went to prison. And I said, can I pray for you? And I just said a prayer for her right there. I didn't scream, didn't yell, didn't say, just prayed a prayer for her. People are hurting. People need hope. And our hope is not in ourselves. Our hope's not in our job. Our hope is not in our churches. It's not in our pastor. It's not in anybody, but it's our hope is in Jesus. You know, Kara told me something else on the phone today. She said, you know, for Easter Sunday, she said, I talked to 15 people about coming to church and none of them showed up. And I said, well, Kara, I said, all you can do is pray and just believe God that he's going to bring them in. I'm not saying that it's going to be something fast that will happen <coughs> for the growth of, of our, our church and the spirituality of it, but... We have to be ready. We have to be ready. And, and some of that, some of that goes when certain people come in, you know, that then, okay, you need this and you need that. But, but, but I'm talking about we need to be spiritually ready and pray for the growth of the kingdom. And Lord, we thank you for that. We praise you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. If there's somebody that you are going to go see this week uh, about Jesus uh, and you want to come and, and, and pray about that, then that, the altar's open. Uh, I encourage you to do that. But please share Jesus with somebody this week and let them know that Jesus loves them. And, and then at the end of that conversation, it, it, nine times out of ten, it will say, people will say, where do you go to church? And then that opens up the, a whole door. The horse that won the race yesterday had an odd of 61 or 69 to 1. Think of that. Think of that. 
What an odd that this horse would never win. And it won. There are no odds with us. There are no odds with Jesus. We're 100%. People say, well, I believe in Jesus 110%. It stops at 100. Let me go into statistics. It stops at 100. There's no 110. There's no, it's, it's 100, 100%. But you can only be all in or not in at all. Some of you may be just happy with the way you're going. But, uh, but I, I'm not. <coughs> I'm in a place where I'm miserable right now. I am miserable. I'm in a place where I am miserable. Spiritually, I'm in a place where I'm miserable. And I'm thinking, God, what are you doing? What are you doing with me? What are you doing? And, and it's just like he just bending and plugging and this kind of stuff and doing that to me. But I've been there before. You know why? Because he's always working on us. Always working on us. But I'm not a bit complacent. I'm not a bit comfortable in where I am. I'm not comfortable where this church is. This thing is starting to keep me awake at night. And I, 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 and I don't like that. Because I know where God wants it to go. But I don't know how to sell it to you. I don't know how to teach it to you. That's where I'm struggling. It's like, God, I, you know, it's like I'm on fire, but I want other people to be on fire. You know, because shepherds don't produce sheep. Sheep produce sheep. You bring them in and I can, I can keep them from, some of them from jumping off mountains and being eaten by wolves. But the thing about it is we've got to produce Move on behalf of this church. On behalf of this church. And we give you thanks and we give you praise and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If, if you have somebody you want to pray for, come around the altar uh, and pray for these people. And, and then go see them this week uh, and, and, and share Jesus with them. Share Jesus with them. I'm excited for the day where somebody calls me on the phone, not with bad news, but with good news that says, hey, I witnessed to this person today and they got saved and they're coming to church on Sunday. Most of the phone calls that I get is something, oh, when my phone rings, it's like, oh, man, something bad happened. I'm excited that we're going to be able to see people saved. And if you need to be educated on how to do that, it's simple. Lord, I don't. I pray that we have outreach. Oh, we just pray. Call them in from the north, the southeast, and the west. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, Lord, that you will bring people that, that there's supernatural kingdom connections this week. That people will share Jesus with them, and, and to where that they won't look at them and say, "What you you you're joking me? You're a Christian, really? And you act like you do, really?" And, and, and Father, Lord, that we share the example of who you are. Oh God. We give this church to you, Father Lord. We give this ministry to you, Father Lord. We give this to you. Father, Lord, knowing, knowing that you're going to do things. You're going to lead people to Jesus, to you, Father. Help us to win songs.
Time has come, still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore, forevermore. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. His holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul I worship your holy name Come bless the Lord Oh my soul Oh my soul Worship His holy Galatians chapter 9 and verse, uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. It says, And let us not be weary in well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That's a promise. That's a promise right there. But what's he saying there? And let us not be weary in well doing. Well doing, that means doing good. Don't, don't get weary in doing good. Don't be weary in, 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 in letting somebody over when you don't want to. Don't, don't, be, don't be weary in, in being nice to people and sharing Jesus with, with people. Because here's what he says. He says, in due season, we shall reap. But we can't quit. Steve Harvey said something, and I read a lot of his material because he's great in leadership. And, and one of the things that Steve Harvey said, he said, he said, when I first started a business, he said, I started a business, and, and he was raised poor. I mean, he was raised really poor. And he worked years and years and years to, to get where he is today. But he said, he said, what happens is, and picture this church as a boat, he said, and, and what happens is, is you have people that, that are with you that are in that boat, and you're rowing, man, you're uphill. See, church growth is uphill. It, it's not downhill, it's not straight, it's uphill. It's constantly uphill because we have a, a principality and a power and ruler of darkness that we're fighting against, but, but yet we're, we're rowing, and we're rowing, and we're rowing. And then, and then you look out, and, 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 the, and you see somebody that's not in the boat. You, they're not in the boat with you. <coughs> but they're holding on to the side. That's called drag. The weight and balance of an airplane, lift, weight, thrust, and drag. Four simplistic things that causes an airplane to, drive, to fly. Those four things. But you got somebody to hold on that's not rowing. I believe that God's given us people within this church that are rowing. And I know you are. You're rowing. Thank you for 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 rowing. But if you're not rowing, but you're holding on to the side of the, uh, side of the boat, what I'm asking you to do is to get in it. Get in the boat. And get you an oar and start rowing with us. 
Because we need help for the kingdom of God. You heard what Rod Parsley said to you, and I, and I repeated what, him said, uh, what he said. You know, he, he looked at it, he said, you know, how many people invited somebody to church? And, you know, this church is packed. And, and it was like, you know, 10, 10 hands went up or whatever. And, and how many of those people that you invited came with you? And, you know, just, uh, just a few people. And, and Rod Parsley, been, he's been in it longer than me. And, and his church is big. And he said, look, he said, guys, he said, if, he said, we can go do something else if we don't want to do this. He said, let's just go do something else. But, but see, I don't want to go do anything else. I, I want to see what God wants to do here. I'm asking you to get in the boat. For those of you that may not be on fire or you may not be. See, here's the thing. People say, people say this question. They say, oh, I just feel so I just feel so dry. I feel so weak spiritually and, and, you, and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and see, that's hogwash. Let me tell you why that is hogwash. You should never be in a place in your spiritual life because let me tell you something. You have the Holy Ghost inside of you. And that Holy Ghost inside of you is, the, is where the power is. And when the power is there inside of you, then you're not going to be that way. The woman at the well, she was dry because she did not have everlasting life. But then when she became, when she met Jesus and she, she, she drank from Jesus and, and he, he just filled her up. And at that point, she had everlasting life at that point. And, she, and he said, you'll never thirst again. Think of that. He tells us in the word that you will never thirst again. You should never be into a place in your life where you need revival. People say, oh, I just yearn for revival. I just need revival in my heart. Because Let me tell you something. That's called being lukewarm. God doesn't want us to be lukewarm. Yeah, we're going to go through ups and downs and, 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 and storms and, 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 and that, that kind of thing. But we can stand knowing that God is going to move on our behalf. And I glorify you, Jesus, for doing it. Jesus is alive and well. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Get in the boat. Start rowing. Time's short. Time is short. We need help from Jesus. Thank you for coming. Have a great day. In Jesus' name.